The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question. And this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. Today, I have just one wild ride of a guest with us. It's Mindy Kniss, and you guys, I have to share some of her story with you. She has gone from filing for bankruptcy and living out of her office to now a thriving business owner. She's an award-winning humanitarian. She won a fellowship to work on an HIV AIDS prevention project and wrote a a doctoral dissertation on heart intelligence. There's so much there, I can barely even get it all out in one sentence. I hope you're proud of yourself. I think that, you know, an amount of accomplishments like that to put into one short paragraph There's no way that hasn't come with some profound lessons. So I'm really excited about today's interview because I'm for myself personally, and I know for the listeners, there's going to be some golden nuggets here. So hi, Mindy. It's so great to see you. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Okay, so let's start to unpack all of this just a little bit. I mean, the first line gone from filing for bankruptcy and living out of your office. Can you just take us way back there for a second? Because there's so many of us who in that moment, there are no accomplishments that come after that. Like that, that can be for some people where they just, you know, put down their sword and say, I'm not going back in. So can you just tell us, just take us just a little bit before that and how that was and how you dealt with it? Sure. So I I will back up even a little bit before that happened. Success or failure, it's all based on the seeds you plant. So prior to starting my own business, I worked for a Fortune 100 company in corporate America and had a really kind of cushy career path. I was being groomed for leadership in that company and kind of just easily made my way, you know, with different promotions and through the ranks, all of that. However, it wasn't my passion. It wasn't my sole purpose. I I wasn't feeling fulfilled there. So I decided when I was actually living in Kenya on that fellowship, I decided when I get back to the US, I am going to start a business and I'm going to open this coaching practice. I felt like I was the, the coach type of person and I was fairly confident in my skill at that. What happened though was even if I was a great coach and, you know, now I look back and I'm like that, that too was questionable, but (laughs) even if I had been an amazing coach, the piece of it that I didn't have real clarity on was the marketing and sales aspect of being in business for myself. My assumption was, Hey, if I'm a great coach, people just will show up and, you know, one person will tell the next person and they'll just come knocking at my door and calling on my phone. That didn't exactly happen that way or even close to what it would have needed to in order to create a sustainable business. And so what quickly happened, it was it took approximately two years from the time that I left corporate America till the time that I was filing bankruptcy. And within that two year period, I was evicted from the apartment that I was living in in Portland, Oregon. 
So that was a crazy uh, situation to walk home to your door and see this big note on the front of the door. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so that happened. I, my house that I owned still in Michigan, because this was 2008, 2009. And if you know what was going on in the US at that time, it was mm -hmm. uh, terrible <laughs> in the real estate market. So I had uh -huh. attempted to sell this house, couldn't sell the house. And that house ended up being foreclosed. So yet another sign on the door for people and that, that right. was not good. Uh, so then I didn't have anywhere to live. So I had this little tiny, like teeny tiny office in Portland that I had rented. And that was kind of the, the last ditch scenario. So I moved in to my office. And here's the crazy piece about that. Because I didn't want the landlord to know that I was, you know, squatting <laughs> in that space, because yeah. clearly that was not why he rented it to me. He, it was supposed to be, you know, professional stuff only. So I had all my stuff with me everything I still owned that I hadn't yet sold or gotten rid of or, or whatever. And every day when I was still seeing clients, which also is crazy because as a coach, you should at least have a little bit of yourself together. I didn't. And so I would have a client during the day, all of my stuff would be in the basement. But then as soon as I was done with clients that day, I would bring up all of my things from the basement because like I said, I didn't want the landlord, you know, happen mm -hmm. to go down to the basement and see like, why is all this stuff down here? So it was a crazy time up and down, back and forth. And also just really a dark, dark time internally, mentally, emotionally, because I'm like, what the hell happened? I yeah. felt like I was smart enough. Like I'm a smart person. I feel like I should be able to figure this out. What is going on? And I couldn't figure it out. And so eventually, you know, two years later, I was like, I need to file bankruptcy because I saw no other alternative. I think so many of us can relate with finding ourselves in a moment where there's that, how did I get here? What could have, like, you know, we're competent, we are, you know, capable. And so how is our world crashing in around us? And in those moments, it's hard to, you know, they say things aren't happening to you, they're happening for you. In those moments, you know, you could almost kick someone in the shins if they truly <laughs> that to you at that time. I mean, I get it two years later, five years later, but for yourself, you know, who were you for yourself in those moments? How did you transition from what I can imagine to be kind of a, a very self-judgmental time? Totally. Get your to get your way out of that mentally and emotionally to take the next step. Yeah, it's a great question because truly the point that I got to internally was I remember saying this out loud. I'm like, I wish I could just go to sleep and wake up and this would be over. Like if I could sleep for a year or, or however long that took, just to wake up in some kind of space where there would be light instead of darkness or even to see the light a little bit because for a long time I couldn't even see that light like I was going through that tunnel of darkness and it sucked there was no light there and it was really frustrating and the thing that I am very very blessed uh, to have had were people in my life that said Mindy you can figure this out and not only can you but you're going to my husband he, we weren't even married at the time 
but he was like, you're not, you're not going to go get another job. You're not, this is not what you were here to do. Like, you know what you're here to do. You know that your passion is coaching. You know that you're a great coach. So you need to figure it out. And like holding me to that line, because truly, if it was just me, I probably, I mean, I had all the connections, all the network, all the everything. I could have easily gone back into the industry and just been like, okay, you know, that, that didn't work. I'm back. And just continued that path that I was on and probably would have been miserable. But that, that actually, that type of misery felt better than the misery that I was currently in. But I mean, I would say my husband, Sean, especially was the one that was like, no, you're not going to, I don't even care. Like, you're not going to get the bridge job. You're not even going to get a little part-time side thing. You're going to figure this out. And really, he just held my feet to the fire. And then eventually, you know, <laughs> got, got it sorted out. And so what, what, like, in that moment, what was the very next thing? You say, okay, I'm, I'm going to just figure it out. Was it learning about sales and marketing was it it was yeah okay yes, that so to me i i really looked at and this is probably just my own naivety was when i was starting i really looked at sales and marketing like a negative mm-hmm. thing because i i thought of like sales people as just kind of smarmy and sleazy and i'm like i am so not that nor do i want to have anything to do with that so i had this huge boundary put up between mm-hmm. me and anything that had to do with sales and marketing. So what I ended up having to do was dive headfirst into that. And truly, I now have read so many books, attended so many courses, gone to so many different networking groups and things. And, and truly, the biggest uh, impact there was surrounding myself with people who knew what the heck they were doing yeah. in that capacity. And then just absorbing everything that I could from people way smarter in that category than I am. And that helped tremendously. I mean, obviously that's like turning on the switch in business. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. we have lifeblood now to with cash flow. Awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, sales for so many people, so many people say, oh, but I, I mean, they're not good at sales or I just don't like sales. And I think everyone associates it with like the car salesman or you know, jumping out from under a bush or opening their jacket and trying to sell you a fake watch. And that's I, what I thought I, it was. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to being of service, looking for someone who's looking for you. And if you can't show them that you're here and that you're capable, then how is anyone ever going to find you? And I think, you know, it can even sometimes stretch into making money. People think sometimes like a pro- like turning a profit can be a bad thing, but we can't do, we can't make any difference in the world if we're not making money. We can't be found if we're not, you know, focusing on sales and marketing. And so it's such an important message. And your journey is just such a clear demonstration of without it, not going so great. And we want to <laughs> right. learn that skill for any business, whether you're a coach, it doesn't matter what you're doing you can be the best in the world at what you do. If nobody knows about you, there's no one coming. I know. And that pissed me off. (laughs) I I was really mad about that. I'm like, I know people that are out there that are truly like not even good coaches and they're doing well. What is going on? Oh, marketing. (laughs) There's just, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, to your point, it was that, I would say that's the external side of it is the the knowledge around sales and marketing, but I absolutely had the internal 
money stories that were just crap as well. So I, you know, on both sides, I had to do the work. Yeah. Can you just expand on that a little bit? Because I think it's so relatable. And I think it's no coincidence that you had those money stories and thought sales were so icky. I think so many people find themselves with that combination. And so what were your money conversations? It was just, yeah, I mean, I could throw out some examples, but you tell me. Yeah. And it's so true. I mean, my belief is that everything that we create outside in the world is from inside first. So it was my own money stories that were creating these experiences. And I, I could have, honestly, I could have learned every single marketing and sales technique in the world. And if I didn't clean up the internal stuff, I would have ended in the same boat. Like it, nothing would have been able to change. Uh, so my story was I grew up in the Chicago area and I would say we were maybe upper middle class. So didn't, you know, need anything like we were totally taken care of. And my parents did an amazing job in raising us. But I would say the piece that I kind of grabbed onto from my parents experience was they both worked really, really hard. And both of them had more than one job. So to me, you know, even though there wasn't any lack per se, I was like, oh, well, if you, if you want to make money, you need to work really hard. And that's one story. The other story was because of where I grew up, there was, um, I would say, a lot of materialism in that area. There were a lot of people that uh, had a lot of wealth and would like buy their kid a, a brand new car, a fancy car, not just any car, but like a, a really fancy Jeep Wrangler or something on their birthday. And I'd, my parents did not do that. <laughs> and I was a little bit, I thought at the time, I just didn't want that. I'm like, oh, I hate all that materialism, but clearly what it was, was envy. And, you know, I, I wanted something like that. So looking back, I can also say that it was this definite push against wealth, against money that added it to that story of like, I don't want that. And it's really, really, really hard if you even want a little, little bit of it. So the combination of all those internal stories just was disastrous as, as we can see in my history. Yeah, I think it's such a profound lesson that many of us need to go in if you look around you and your financial circumstances aren't what you want them to be to go in and do that work first and really start to write out, well, what are your thoughts about wealthy people? What are your thoughts about having lots of money yourself? Is money good? Is money evil? Because um, 99.9% .9 of the time, there's a real correlation. Uh, and it doesn't mean we're all striving for money, but the truth is we live in a world where if you want to make a real impact, you want to make a real difference, you want to get found, you want to follow your passions and live out your dreams, access to money is a big help. It, you need some cheddar. <laughs> I'm just going to say it makes life a lot easier. Um, and, you know, there, it, it doesn't have to take a long time to do that work. Yeah. It can kind of just be like a light bulb moment. It can be yeah. listening to a podcast like this. It could be reading a book. It can be witnessing it in someone else. You know what it does? I mean, it opens up to me money. And this is how I see it now. I certainly didn't see it this way before, but it allows for the freedom of creative expression. And it's that simple. If you want to write, if you want to create, if you want to make art, or if you want to help people in whatever charitable way that, that you want, like money allows that expression. And it's, it, 
now I'm on the flip side where I see all the other people that were like me and they're like, ah, money, I don't want that. And it's like, come on, <laughs> you're just holding yourself back. It's just opening and freedom because it's just energy. So beautiful. Yeah, it's just an ebb and flow of energy. It's a value exchange. Uh, yeah, I think that's really, really great to point out as well. Okay, so then fast forward to now, clearly you have this thriving business, you've learned these profound lessons, you've implemented in your own life, the sales and marketing in a way that serves you and your business and keeps you aligned with the things that are important to you. So where are we now today? So you're coaching and I mean, we went on to doing humanitarian work, um, you're writing a doctoral <laughs> dissertation. Was this all stuff before the coaching or did this come out of? Yeah, all of that. I was, I did my fellowship in Kenya in 2006 and seven. So that was actually prior to leaving, leaving the corporate world. Um, and that, it helped me define that and clarify what I wanted to do. So that was really, really great. Um, I finished my dissertation in 2013. So about seven years ago. And yeah, ever since, since then, I mean, the most hilarious part to me is that now I teach the exact stuff that I hated. <laughs> yeah. And, and how great is that? It's because it, like the thing that we most need to learn mm -hmm. is often the greatest <laughs> thing that we teach, which is so incredible. And I think what's really awesome about your story is, you know, you were on this fellowship, you were in this, on this high in life. You, where things were perfect and you were like ready just to walk out and be like, I'm leaving that corporate world behind. This is who I am. You've gone on this self-discovery-ish journey-esque journey. And now here you are saying, okay, I'm throwing it all away and I'm following my heart. And it doesn't always go the way that we think it's going to go. <laughs> no, Sometimes or 10 the times in a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes 10 times in a row. Sometimes those big, because your drop from the top of the mountain in your, in your you know, proverbial world was pretty far. And now you're living in an office from having a great career, traveling the world, you know, deal, um, helping people it, it, with HIV and AIDS prevention like you are. We feel at times we've got it all figured out. Like, this is it. Of course, I'm ready for the next step. And most times for all of us, it's a big drop down. And it's the... The courage to somehow or just a one great person who'll look you in the face and say no no this happens to everybody like this is the journey you have to get back up you have to get back out there uh, because the sad truth is so many people turn around because going back to that comfortable place even though you, oh, yeah. you were unhappy seems so much easier it it would it probably it, it is easier yes. it doesn't even seem easier it is easier. Yeah, it, it would have been easier to just turn in my resume and say, start sending me the de direct deposit paycheck again. Like that is freaking easy. And I want to touch though, because you, you said this word, courage. And what I love so much about that. So my dissertation that we mentioned, that's in heart intelligence. I've studied the science and the spirit of, of the heart. And the word itself, courage, comes from the word heart. And that to me is like, that's what it's all about. So you said when you followed your heart, when you had that courage, I'm like, bingo. That's the essence of this whole story is pursuing that path and not stopping and not or having, you know, some kind person in my life be like, you're not going to stop. <laughs> and then just having the courage to do that myself and just keep going. 
And I think that that's really the lesson here today is that it takes heart and courage from everyone. It may look like some people have an easier path than you do, but the truth is we have to, we have to create that from inside ourselves somehow in order to keep going. I don't know of any other way. I have yet to meet someone or interview someone who says, yeah, you know what? I just made a decision and everything <laughs> was kind perfect. of like the way I went. It is the more we highlight the, the challenges and the, the courage it takes to overcome those obstacles, I think the more the rest of us can say, okay, this is just one of those moments that was inevitable on my path. Not it's you know a terrible thing that just so happens to be on my path. These obstacles are inevitable. And how am I going to scale that wall? It's so true. And not only that, but especially in my work as a coach, I can look anybody in the eye and be like, you know what? I have been there. And likely most of my clients are not living out of their office. <laughs> so like, they're actually in a much better you know, situation. And I'm like, okay, let's just play a little comparison game. Not that I recommend that all the time, but sometimes it puts some really good perspective it's like, oh, okay, so you actually have clients that are paying you. You have this, this, this. You're all good. I was in my office and scrapping together the coins, the change that I could find so I could pay to for some food on the 99-cent value menu at the fast food place across my office. I mean, that, that was terrible. So then I'm telling this to my you know, clients or anybody. I'm like, oh, okay, so tell me your sob story again. <laughs> perspective, perspective is great. Yeah, it is. And uh, you definitely got some to share with us, which I am so grateful for. So thank you. Thank you for being someone <laughs> who is willing to kind of pull the, the curtain and let us see what your journey has been like, uh, because you've clearly come out the other side now. Can you tell us a little bit about how we can find you, how we can learn more about you? Uh, amazing energy, awesome, awesome insight and wisdom. So how do we how do we get some more in Indy? <laughs> well, thank you so much. My company is called Lucra, L-U-C-R-A, as in lucrative. Mm -hmm. And everything is at lucra.com. So if they just visit lucra.com, there's free stuff. There's lots of stuff on there. It's all over there. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up, Mindy. It has been an absolute pleasure. Your story has you know, really reaffirmed why I even have created this podcast so we can hear stories exactly like this for people who need to hear them in the exact moments that they need to hear them. And so I am certain somebody today gets the courage they need to kind of take that next step. And so thank you for sharing your heart with us. Uh, for everyone listening, that's a wrap for today, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.